Hey, just a reminder to you folks, if you're in the New York City area, you should swing by Game Devs of Color Expo tomorrow, July 14th. Doors open at 11 a.m. and the show formal goes until 6 with an after party at Baby Castles starting at 7 o'clock. So you'll actually be able to see me there too. It takes place at the Schomburg Center in Harlem and last year's event was fantastic. Tickets start at $5 for an all-day pass for those with low income, and the standard pass is only $20. So this is really affordable, but a great opportunity to get familiar with a lot of local game dev culture, some games from abroad as well, and also to be around a lot of creators of color who take their craft and their passion seriously. So again, Swing by Game Devs of Color Expo, Schomburg Center, tomorrow, July 14th, doors open at 11 o'clock. See you there. What's going on, everybody? It's Josh Boykin, the founder of Intelligame.us. You're listening to a special Friday Game Devs of Color Expo edition of Intelligame Radio. Welcome to Friday, folks. We typically do our long-form episodes of the Intelligame podcast on Fridays, but I am out in New York on site getting ready for Game Devs of Color Expo tomorrow. So I wanted to take a little bit of time to re-air some of the segments that we recorded last year at Game Devs of Color Expo. This was not long after Intelligame Radio was launched as a whole. First started using Anchor and I was all excited to be able to record things on site and be able to publish them out basically the second we'd gotten the content. Game Devs of Color Expo was one of my favorite events of last year for a number of reasons. One was just to see so many people of color involved in the game industry who were in this one collaborative space in Harlem. And it was also exciting to see a lot of white people there as well, who were excited about supporting this space and these creators in their efforts. Secondly, I appreciated being able to get an opportunity to see so many games and so many projects that I wouldn't have been able to see otherwise. Just the very nature of attending a convention in New York means that you get to see more New York area developers, but specifically seeing games that were about issues that may pertain to people of color um, or seeing more protagonists that were people of color. It was just a fantastic experience. Thirdly, and perhaps one of the most significant aspects to me was just being around a group of other people of color, which doesn't happen to me as frequently in the game space, but is happening more often and is really exciting. So to set the stage for GDOC 2018, I want to share some segments from Game Devs of Color Expo 2017. First, I'll start with a little bit of context that I had put together about why Game Devs of Color Expo was so important last year. And then I'll share a couple of interviews that I conducted, one with Yasmin Omar Atta, who is a developer who spoke at Game Devs of Color Expo, and then Also, another developer who spoke, Ethan Red. They both gave really insightful, really important commentary, and I hope you'll enjoy listening to them. I hope I'll get to see them at this year's show, too. 
Anyway, enjoy the interviews, and we'll catch up afterwards. New York's been a really interesting place, folks. I've caught up with old friends, seen great sights, and I've had a lot of really interesting conversations about gaming. Now, it seems like I tend to light up a bit whenever I talk about GDOC, so even though I touched on it a little bit before, I wanted to give an overview of how I feel about Game Devs of Color Expo for folks who might not be familiar, or who may be in the area and want to know more about whether they should attend. Now, to give a little bit of backstory, I should, I'm, I'm going to rewind to Xbox's Gaming for Everyone event that they hosted during GDC this year. Uh, they partnered up with a group called Blacks in Gaming, and they held, uh, hosted fireside chats with established industry professionals, and also had networking opportunities for attendees. Now, black people weren't the only one who were able to attend, uh, but having a black-dominated space was a welcome experience for many of us. It gave us a chance to learn from each other and relax, particularly compared to GDC as a whole. Now, Xbox released a video of highlights of that event to their 2 plus million subscriber YouTube channel. Now, when I checked just uh, a couple hours ago, the video had 28,501 views. Of those views, it got 4,000 thumbs down clicks compared to the 873 ups. And I didn't get in before the comments closed, but word is that the comments were super toxic. Now, we've seen campaigns like this before when the Ghostbusters, uh, the new Ghostbusters trailer came out and the massive thumbs downs and the, and the toxicity that resulted. Um, I don't think that saying that racism or discrimination in the gaming space, um, I, I don't think talking about that is a false statement. And particularly in the politically hypercharged climate that we've had over the past few months, hostilities have manifested in really ugly ways. Now, this is part of why Game Devs of Color Expo is so important. It provides a space for people to celebrate and highlight the works of people of color, not just discuss problems in the industry, uh, but also celebrating those successes as well. Now, this is GDOC's second year, and this time it's being hosted at the Schomburg Center for Black Research in Harlem. And this is not a minor conference, folks. Like, it's being sponsored by big names like Xbox, GitHub, MailChimp, and Mozilla. Now, more exciting than the sponsors, though, are the attendees. People are flying in from all over the world. Um, it was organized by Kat Small and Chris Algu, who I believe are part of Brooklyn Gamery, um, and alongside a small events team. But they're going to have speakers like Sean Allen Alexander from New Challenger, who's working on tragedy and beat down, or treachery and beatdown city. Uh, Tanya DePass from I Need Diverse Games. Uh, game dev uh, designer and artist Dina Abdukaram, and even nerdcore rapper Samus is going to be there. And they're going to have an over 30 game arcade. So, I mean, there's a lot to be really excited about. Considering the success of events like GamerX, I think it's really great to have galvanizing spaces for marginalized communities. These kinds of events help give confidence to people who are up and coming and part of those communities. And it also provides inroads to help make the industry more connected, more diverse, and an overall better place. If you want to learn more about it, um, swing on over to gdocexpo.com. Uh, and if you've got any questions or comments, feel free to leave them here on the channel. And keep an eye out for more information. I'll be posting on anchor.fm live fr well, from the event tomorrow, uh, so you can get some information that way as well. Thank you.
Hey everybody, I'm on site at the Game Devs of Color Expo, and after the first micro talk, uh, I, I was kind of disappointed to not be able to hear from Yasmin. Uh, it seemed like they were going to have some really awesome things to talk about, and since they didn't have a chance to talk on stage, I wanted to make sure that there was a chance for them to talk on Intelligame Radios. So, uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you, John. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. So, uh, what you had brought up the idea of dealing with being a creative while also dealing with chronic illness. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you were planning on talking about? Yeah, sure. So, game dev is already super stressful. People already expect you to be up all night, expect you to meet strenuous deadlines, etc., etc. And that's really difficult, not as just like a, like a healthy person, but like as a person with chronic illness, it is really difficult. And so I kind of learned a lot of lessons from Four Horsemen, thanks to this game, which was like the first game that I was working pretty much full time on. Uh, I learned a lot of things, and the first thing that's the most important thing is to communicate. It can be really hard at first to talk to people and give the details of your illness, but if you just broach that subject right away with your team, or at least the director you're going to be working with, uh, that makes things so much easier for everybody, especially yourself, because there's like no confusion, there's no like hiding your illness, which a lot of times like we feel compelled to do. Um, you can be upfront about if you need to miss a day. For example, if I have a seizure and I need to miss a meeting, like like uh, the director Kevin Chen he already knows what's up he already knows I just email him like hey Kevin I had a seizure there's no surprise there you know he's able to work with my needs for my illness and I also um, it, it helps like when I need to add for like, an extension for something like that like just being upfront like it's difficult at first but if you do that it makes it so much easier for you to work and for your team to work with you sure. So that's the most important part. I would say the second part is as soon as you establish those needs with your director and your team, make sure you take care of them. Make sure you do everything that you need to do to stay alive and stay healthy. Like as important as a project is, nothing is more important than your well-being and your health and your livelihood. Um, if it's not, if you're not doing that, if you're not taking care of yourself, like even the project's really important to you, you might not even be around to make that project because you're. You know, and, and God forbid. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, like, these things are really easy to ignore when you're so hyper-focused on getting things done. But you really need to take a step back and be like, these are my needs. I need to do this. For me, like, my seizures are triggered by, like, dehydration, stress, lack of sleep, which are all things you're going to encounter, <laughs> of course, right, in game dev. So I encounter all those things, and they're very triggering for me. But I had to learn, like, just take a minute replenish yourself and do what you need to do and that way you are healthier you live and you can create better work if you're not so stressed out about whether or not you're going to have a seizure or whatever else sure I mean it seems and you did kind of bring up that key point that it's already an expectation in game dev that you're going to have sleep deprivation issues you can end up not taking care of your body uh, and I think particularly when dealing with a chronic illness you know all of those things are magnified um, even just working as a project manager I could see the way that my thought processes and everything would start to decline if I wasn't taking care of myself so I think it's great that you brought up or hopefully you know we're able to bring up a little bit of how to take care of yourselves in these situations uh, why I guess talk a little bit about particularly at 
an expo like this, you know, particularly when you're dealing with people from marginalized backgrounds, why those discussions are important. And, and unfortunately, this we're about to break mid-segment, so you've got about 30 seconds before we'll take a break and jump over to the next one. Uh, maybe it would be better to take a break because I have so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and let's carry this over into segment two. All right, so yeah, let's uh, let's come back and talk a little bit about why it's important, particularly to talk about self care at a show like Game Devs of Color Expo. And I'm here again with Yasmin. Thank you so much for uh, for joining. Thank you. So the interesting thing about talking about uh, having chronic illness at this particular expo is because it's another category of marginalization that people experience, especially if you are of color with illness. And to me, it feels like all of these things are an extension of trying to make your voice heard, whether it's about your race or your culture or your needs or whatever you're experiencing. And one of the things that I didn't really get to bring up that I really wanted to was to make sure that your voice is heard throughout your team and to make sure that your team respects your voice as who you are and as like multiple parts of your identity. And that comes through by expressing your need and making sure that they're met. Um, I also think that there's, it's really, really hard to be a person of color with illness because it's just like another way that people really don't respect you in a lot of the ways. And that's why like it's important for us to have these conversations to be like, hey, like we're here and we're people too and you need to treat us like you would anyone else, right. really. I mean, there are so many situations where at a... Uh, a less focused convention where you know you end up scraping the surface of discussions about uh, diversity or about you know self-care or whatnot but the idea of being in a space where you can really dig into where all of those things play against each other right and the emotional labor that comes from being marginalized and working in these environments I have to imagine that plays a factor in adding to the stress that can trigger some of those issues as well yeah, and I that's why I really like this expo, or one of the reasons why, is because like we're already established. Like this is the game developers of color expo. Like there's a certain level of like understanding there where like we don't have to just spend all that time barely scraping the surface. Like a lot of us experience these issues. We like already kind of know what's up, so we can get into the deeper conversations that usually just get kind of brushed under the rug because we spend so much time having to educate people on like the most basic shit. So it is really nice to kind of have this conversation and be like, okay, so what are what are the roots here? How do these things interact? What is it like to not just be a, a dev of color, but a dev of color with illness? What is it like to be a dev of color and also trans or non-binary? Like, there's so much more depth to this conversation, and being here at this conference feels like we can get there. We don't have to just kind of play around with, oh, well, you shouldn't do this or do that <laughs> to another person, like that kind of thing. Oh, that's great. Um so let's talk a little bit about your project then, okay. right? Uh, Four Horsemen is a visual novel? It's a visual novel with simulation game elements. Basically you play as these four kids who discover like a uh, World War II bunker and they decide like, oh, we're going to make this our clubhouse. The thing is the kids are a minority uh, living in a, a society that is hostile to their particular minority. And every time you play the game, uh, your race actually changes. And so you will have one playthrough where your particular race and one race is discriminated against you, and then you'll play the next time and they're flipped. Or, oh, wow. Yeah, that happens. And so you get to experience that actually racism and prejudice is very universal. It doesn't just exist in a vacuum or in one particular place. So you play as these kids who are like in their teens trying to like find themselves just, you know, 
already, but also having to deal with being in a hostile society and what that means. And there's a lot of themes about like legacy and like passing and what it means to be this, what it means to be that. Like there's a lot there and only doing multiple playthroughs where you experience the prejudice from multiple sides will you finally see the whole picture. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, well, thank you so much for giving that breakdown. Uh, for folks who are excited about it like I am, how do we, uh, how do we find out more information about you and about the game? Well, um, the game is available on itch.io, so you can just search for our Four Horsemen and you will find it. And it's also going to go up on Steam pretty soon. We just Congrats. got green lit, thank you. Um, and that's pretty much the main ways to find the game. You can always look me up on the internet. I'm always really happy to have these kinds of conversations. So if you just search Yasmin Omorata, you'll find me. Okay. All right, well, thank you so much for your time, Yasmin. It's been really fantastic talking with you. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic talking with you, too. <laughs>
I kind of maybe felt that way in November, but like, <laughs> uh, but I, I appreciate that you're taking this this tone of optimism. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the, that's what we need. You know, the world isn't ending. We just have work to do. You know, and I feel like everybody wants to feel sorry for themselves. Like this kind of the tone in media nowadays is like irony and cynicism and just like mass like just shitty attitudes. <laughs> so I feel like it, you can't work from that. And I want. I want to inspire people the way I've been inspired in life, and I want to give that back to the world. So you can't do that by just, like, constantly being Donnie Downer, you know? <laughs> so uh, let's see. So let's look at uh, what is a game that you've been looking at lately that you feel like channels some of those ideas, or a game that inspires you? Oh, man. Like, I don't play a lot of recent games, but this will sound, like, really counterintuitive, but I really feel like Doom gets this. <laughs> Doom is the most colorful game I've seen in a while, like probably years. Doom is like, down to its core, it's just so visceral. Like every single millisecond you're playing that game, it's taxing like your entire like engagement with it, you know? And I feel like uh, Doom, it's just so just alive, you know? And it's, it's a game that's kind of about death, but it embraces that entirely and builds a whole mood around it. And ultimately it's about the fight reflex instead of the flight reflex in a, in fear, in a, like dealing with fear. And I think that's like strangely empowering. Yeah. Well, uh, let's do a segment break real quick because uh, I do want to ask you particularly about GDOC. And uh, yeah. Alright, so Ethan, uh, we're here at Game Devs of Color Expo in particular. And I know I've seen you at other trade shows before, um, or I should say other industry shows. What do you feel like sets this one apart? Well, I think the focus on diversity of all sorts, like I'm seeing like people of color, I'm seeing women, I'm seeing like queer people, like there's every sort of just like diversity and different walks of life is just embraced here and like down to the core, like all the talks are being stenographed, is that the word? Uh, uh, real time? Yeah. I mean, that, that dude is like <laughs> the unsung hero here because right. like he's getting it like real time. And then like you have so many games made by people of color and queer folk and you know, everybody. Mm -hmm. And like, it, it's just like baked right in, and it's such like an inclusive atmosphere, and that's so refreshing because like, especially like going to Indicate and GDC, they're doing better, but it's really not a focus there, and you do end up feeling like a token sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've I've been to. I just came from E3 last week, and it's just that idea that you know, until uh, basically until they started selling expo passes. Real frequently, I wouldn't see very many people of color at all. Um, so having a space that is specifically ta and like sitting down at practically any demo table and seeing people of color there, seeing panels where like the entire panel is people of color and they're like majority female. Yeah. yeah, and like I think especially the low cost of entry here is a big factor because you know just like systematic whatever like it's harder to shell out like a couple k for just a few days of a conference like here you can get in for twenty bucks. Um, my girlfriend got in for five dollars because she's a student. Like that's so accessible. And, like you get neighborhood people coming in and like seeing what the industry has to offer, and then also seeing like themselves reflected in the industry. It's super empowering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the really nice thing about events like this is that it gives people the opportunity to to make those inroads into the industry, or at least even just to get inspired to feel like they can create. Exactly. Yeah, and like you got it. Like I didn't have any heroes that looked like me in the industry, like growing up. All of my heroes were like old Japanese dudes. And like, yeah. that's fine. Like they're all great dudes, but like it's cool seeing so many black and brown folk like doing rad shit and just tearing it up, you know? Sure. 
So, uh, what's next for you? What are you, what are you working on? Where are you going? Well, right now, I'm trying to hunker back down on Blazing Legion Ignition, sort of like the main title that me and my new studio are, uh, <laughs> are focused on right now. Um, Talk a bit about it. It's, so, it's like, I don't want to give away too much because I'm holding this one close to the chest, but it's about four-story mechs and morality. And it's hopefully the start of a series. It's really invested in its own story and lore, and I'm trying to make like a really high-octane experience that also has a little bit of, like, emotional backing and thought behind it like it's an alt game that you don't know is an alt game wow. like you can have fun with it but then also you're feeling things True. and then like the next thing in the pipe or like sort of concurrent with that is kombacha which is a game about um growing like evil scoby monsters in kombucha and world domination <laughs> and like capitalism so <laughs> this one's aimed for the normies but you can't tell <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, uh, so for folks who are looking for your work uh, or looking for you online, where do they go? Uh, best place to get at me is Twitter, uh, just Ethan Red. I'm also on Instagram at Kid Rad, and uh, if you like Tumblr, Ethan Red there. And also uh, follow my new studio, Virtuoso Comms, on Twitter, and just uh, Virtuoso Official on Instagram. Sick. Yeah. Well, congrats on again an awesome talk, and uh, hopefully. It we at Intelligame will link to the talk once uh, the VOD goes up, but keep up the awesome work, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. That does it for today's episode of Intelligame Radio. I'm your host, Josh Boykin. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook at Wallstormer. Keep an eye out for more Intelligame content by swinging onto the homepage, Intelligame.us, or by looking us up on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, at Intelligame Us. Again, we'll be at Game Devs of Color Expo tomorrow, starting at 11, and up until the wrap-up at 6 o'clock. Looking forward to hopefully seeing you there. And in the meantime, keep an eye out for our next episode of Intelligame Radio on Monday. Until then, keep Intelligaming.